Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of I Dig Your Soul Podcast with your host, Nadia Khalil. to today's show. It is Friday. I love Fridays. I'm, you know, flabbergasted if there's an old word to use. Um, Just hearing all the news of all the shutdowns this weekend, um, everything is back to shutdown in California. We kind of have a little bit of a runaway train going on and... um, what a time in our history. I'm, I'm not going to go into it today, but I get a lot of questions about why this is happening. Like, how could this be happening? And I'm thinking, well, it, it started here, and then I want to work my way through because my brain is like linear when it comes to issues. But at the same time, I am going to record something and and do something about that and talk about it because not just listeners from the radio show it's also on Facebook mostly where I'm getting these kinds of questions like you know is our world ending because that's what it feels like to some people and there is I think our world as we knew it already ended And there's some people grappling, trying to hold on to what it was and recreate that and try to do it really fast. And then there's this other plan that's bigger than us that's trying to teach us something and we are not learning it. And we're trying, some of us are trying to learn it and we're fighting for it, but we're we're looking at pointing fingers and blaming and pretending and denials and lies and just flat-out lies. But it goes back, back, and I cannot believe how many times I've said this, and I have to say it again today. My God, origins of truth. And I am going to record something based on probably for the most part, why Christ came at the time he did. Because he comes to people, not the first, and I'm sure I won't be the last, but why did he write through me? And why did he tell us what he did? Those are like the biggest things ever, and it does not escape my mind. So for all of your questions, for all of your concerns, do your best every day. But we are going to come out with some kind of emotional plan because we're going to see a lot. We're already seeing it, but we feel helpless. We feel like, you know, unless we're out there and we want to, you know, give food and help people on that level. But our world is ignoring, in, in, in America, 
a lot of a lot of truth. It's it's just unbelievable. And if you bring it up to someone who's ignoring it, they think you're crazy. And then if you hear them, you think, so how could it be so so different? We're all seeing the same thing, be so different. So that I will get to. Thank you for all the questions. Thank you for sharing your concerns. Thank you for even caring. It's a big deal. It's taking my brain just some time to catch up to the massiveness of something that isn't in our hands unless we decide it is, and the difference between those who believe it is and those who don't, the difference between countries who did what they should have done and those who didn't. It's an extremely fascinating look at just plain truth. It doesn't matter whose side. This has nothing to do with sides. There's only one side, and that's of the truth. So we will get to that. Thank you, and just be patient. Be patient. I'm hoping to get to that next week. I'm going to take some questions off of um, Facebook today. I have a question from Susan Auric, and she says, I've got a question about growth. It is so invisible to the eye, intangible to our hands, but we somehow notice when it is happening. How come we become disconnected with growing? How do we get comfortable as growing souls? The first thing I would say is to accept that you are a growing soul, not a knowing soul. Christ said, that we are growing souls, not knowing souls. People who want to know everything are not patient enough (laughs) for the growing part. And how many times have any of us had to reel ourselves in to say, wait a minute, why do I just want the answer? Because Christ said, if you miss the experience, the trail to get to your answer, You're going to walk right by it because you will not recognize it. The answers are always here. It's how we get to them that's important. I know there's a lot of, you know, cliche type sayings now that say things like, you know, it's the journey, not the destination and all of that. But the reason that it's the journey and not the destination is you will not recognize the destination if you don't take the journey. Life is not an answer machine. It is an experience platform for your soul, if you want to look at it that way. So when you're disconnected from growing, it's because you're trying to put growing on fast forward, and then you want to go to rewind, but you actually have nothing to rewind because you didn't front load the experience. So my best advice on that question is is patience and trust and then patience again because there's a lot of times where I would have to remind myself and reel myself back and say, I'm exactly where I need to be today. Why do I want to be at Z 
Why do I want to be at Z? Why don't I want to go to B, C, D, E, F? Because I'm just impatient. But I've learned to enjoy the process. And one trick that has helped me quite a bit was that I would say, okay, I'm starting this today, whatever it is, or this is what I do today, not even starting, because some people get caught in a trap of I'm starting new, I'm starting new, I'm starting new. You don't have to start everything new. That's exhausting. Just this is where I'm at today. Here I am. Hello, self. These are the habits I have today. This one habit no longer serving me well. I'm too impatient. So I know I'm exactly where I should be. This is where I'd like to go. This is where I hope to be. That I I know I can be, but I just need to get there. It's like exercising. You can't just run a marathon. You have to train your body to be able to run the marathon. There's no shortcut. The biggest thing that taught me patience, and this is the craziest one, and it was actually before I saw Christ, was when I got pregnant. Because there I was. I knew I was pregnant. I didn't look pregnant. I didn't feel pregnant yet. That changed in a month because then you start getting morning sickness and stuff. But at the time. And then I thought, that's so weird. Like something's happening and no one knows or sees it unless you tell them. That's weird. And then I found myself in the middle of the afternoon falling dead asleep, like dead asleep, like in a way I never slept before. And then I found out that in early pregnancy, even when people don't know they're pregnant, that that happens because the baby is forming and it needs all of the energy from you to do that. So your body's like a host right now and and you have to lay there and fall asleep and okay, that kind of felt good. And then you go through morning sickness. Still, nobody knows you're pregnant yet. You can't show. I didn't show till almost five months. The first pregnancy, because your body's just different. And so now I'm throwing up all the time. It looks like I'm sick to someone who doesn't know, but I'm not sick. My body is adapting to an entire influx of hormones of another human being. It's the only way to make one. So I had to wait, and I had to wait, and I had to wait. And I remember at the ninth month, I was so excited. I was like, oh, I'm going to have the baby this month. And I go to the doctor, and they're like, whoa, you're dilated two centimeters. Everybody is at this time. It's going to take a month to get to the rest of the way. And then I got panicked that I was going to have this baby. And I knew I couldn't get out of it. I knew I couldn't call in sick. I knew I had to go through it. So for a week, I was like, oh, my God, this baby's got to come out. And, and, oh, my God, it's got to come out of me. How is that going to happen? Now, people have been having babies for all, all of time. 
Animals have babies. But it was brand new to me because I didn't experience it before. And then by the end of the month, I got so big that I could not sleep laying down. I was just too big to go sideways, too big to lay on my back. So I would get in a chair that had like a high back and fall asleep. It was the only way I could sleep. By the end of the month, instead of being scared of having the baby, just the experience of those three weeks that it took me to get there, I got so big that I did not care how they got that baby out of me. I needed it out of me so I could have my body back. It was just hilarious. I mean, the stages you go through. But at the beginning of the month, I was scared. I had to experience the rest of the process. Right when I thought I was done, I'm like, ooh, ninth month. That's a lie. It isn't nine months. It's at the beginning of the tenth month that you actually deliver. You have to still experience the ninth month. I thought at nine months, boom, I'm good to go. But the beginning of that ninth month is really the end of the eighth month. I know it sounds weird, but I was so upset that I found that out. So I started making jokes to people like, it's not really nine months. Yeah, it's during the ninth month if you have it early. But if you have it on time, you're at the beginning of the tenth month. I know it's a splitting here, but it's one whole month that your body has to go through to prepare the brain to accept that you are willing to get this baby out of you no matter how they do it. At the beginning of the month, I'm like, wow, can't call in sick for this. I have to do this to that. Talk about patience. You have no choice. But in real life, when you're growing and you don't think of yourself as a growing soul, you just want life to be an answering machine, you don't want to go through that. And without a physical pregnancy, you cannot imagine what's coming. So that's why I say have patience. Because if you have patience, the parts that you just, you don't know what you don't know. So quit trying to know everything. And look at yourself as what did I learn today? It will lead you to what you're learning tomorrow. And that will lead you to the next day. It's truly beautiful how we unfold when we allow life to lead us once we have set our intentions as to what we would like to do. Because sometimes the surprises of how it happens is just absolutely amazing. But you miss that rushing. Rushing, rushing, rushing. I want this. I want that. I want to write a book. I want to, I want to make a movie. I want to write a movie. I want, to, I want to grow a garden in five days. Well, the garden's not going to grow in five days. You may be able to plant it, but it's not going to grow. 
It's going to grow when it's time for it to grow. It's going to bloom when it's time for it to bloom. That's why Christ said, don't search for the right time. Search for the ripe time, the truth of that. So let your yourself, your soul, your dreams, your thoughts ripen. Don't pick your fruit so early that you don't even recognize it as fruit. Because that, that feeling about feeling disconnected from growing is because you are disconnected from growing. It's not a feeling. It's the truth. So what you need to get comfortable with is not growing your soul, because you want to grow your soul, but how to get comfortable with patience and trust is really what you're after. So try that. Let me know what's going on. I love to hear the stories. I have another question from Eliana, and she says, Nadia, could you please tell us how important, or maybe I should say cleansing is water. And I don't mean literally, I mean figuratively, spiritually. Most religions religious do a baptism. What are your thoughts? Much love your way, Eliana. You know, they say there's a saying and it's in Arabic, it's in English, but cleanliness is next to godliness. The act of cleaning away We look at water as a purifier. And we cannot live without it. So even though you know what it means literally, figuratively, it is is a cleansing. We equate it with cleanliness is next to godliness. When we haven't taken a shower, and I, I can only tell you this because when I get sick, like when I get a cold or something like that, and it's been a long time since I've gotten that or anything, and I don't know why, but as I got older, it's less and less. And it could be that I changed my food. It could be that I exercised. I don't know why. But for whatever reason, when I used to get sick like that, and the last time I remember it was when my mom was dying, And I had a high, high temperature. It was like 103.5. It was super high. And I was staying with my sister because I fly from California to Chicago. And I'm in in their house. And and my brother-in-law, is um, he was able to prescribe for me a pack antibiotic because he said, you've got way too high of a temperature. They secluded me in a part of the house so that I wouldn't get anybody else sick so they could still go visit my mom. And I remember just like holding my breath, waiting for my temperature to go down. So one day, probably the third day in, I decide that I'm going to get up and take a shower. I couldn't really move good the first two days. I still had a high temperature, but I think I was kind of weirdly accustoming. Not as high, though. That was the peak. So I don't know how high it was, but it was still high, and I could still feel it. But after I took a shower, I felt better. And I don't know why. I had the energy to go downstairs when no one was home. 
I made sure I didn't contaminate everything. I found this grape juice in the fridge. It never tasted better to me ever in my life. I don't even drink grape juice even now, but that, then I finished their whole thing. But I, I had more energy. And I knew it was the shower. And ever since then, I tell people when they're not feeling well, I say, hey, you know what? I know that you're not going to feel like doing this, but go take a shower. There's the act of self-care, of self-love, of self-awareness, of rejuvenation that comes over us when we are not only clean, but cleaning ourselves. As a result of that, when I talk to women, because it's mostly women's groups that I I talk to about this topic, self-care, I do tell them, don't skip the part of washing your face before you go to bed at night. Let that be part of your routine. There's something about not holding our breath when we wash. It's like we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting to sleep, we're waiting to wake up. We rush them when we wake up. We, you know, it's the cycle, and it breaks those cycles and lets self-care inject itself into your space, into your world. So there is that figurative. There's a, a side effect to cleanliness. There's a side effect that helps us take a pause from whatever's going on because you have to be patient to clean yourself. Going back to patience. When you take a child and you pour water on their head, it's that symbolism that we are cleaning them, that we are purifying them. Without water, we're dead. But with water, not just drinking it, not just seeing it, not just swimming in it. It's nearly impossible to swim and not feel good afterwards or to play in water or even to get sprinkled by water or even to be rained on. You may not like that it got all your clothes wet, but there's something really kind of beautiful about it. So baptisms, cleaning away things, making room, taking away soils or pollutants or whatever. There's no downside to water. It's forever flowing. Whether we pollute our waters or not, the waves still come. The ocean knows what to do. The lakes know what to do. Now, the lake doesn't know it's a lake and the ocean doesn't know it's an ocean, but it knows what to do. Water is a force, a motion, and all of that gets sucked into us through it because that is its energy. Think about that. The energy of water is purity. We have truth, we have love, and we have purity. And the energy of water is purity. 
So there's no way you can engage yourself with water and not feel that. And not feel that. So that's, it's just, you know, when I say those things sometimes, it just like stops me because it just feels so good to say some things, and especially when there are things that we know we don't have to go out and find. It's already here. And we can do those things. We can enjoy good things in these crazy, crazy times in our world. We can realign ourselves with ourselves so that when we hear crazy, we know it's crazy instead of being angry or getting anxious. We say, wow, today this is today. July 3rd, 2020, this is it. Tomorrow's July 4th, Saturday. I'll get there. This is where I'd like to go, but I'll get there. Then you go and you take a shower and you're like, you rest. So that's that's water. Thank you for your question. So I have another question from Christopher Sedrain. He says, Christopher here with another question. Nadia, is there only one God? I'd love to hear from you on this. As far as I know, I don't know any other God than the God I I, I know. Um, every religion claims God is theirs, but it all goes back to the same God. <laughs> the way I see it, there's one God in many religions, one God in many people. But I think as far as I know, from what I know from Christ, what I saw, he never referred to plural. He never referred to gods. He referred to God. I know we put some people in godlike figures or we put some mythical creatures or, you know, some cultures it might be animals that are gods. Some cultures it might be like, um, I want to say mystical characters. But as far as I know, there's only one God. I, I never, ever, ever heard of a different God for different reasons. There isn't a God of rain and a God of light or a God of sun or the sun God or um, no, not as far as I know. And it's interesting because I used to wonder when I was a young child how how everyone would tell me they were from a different religion and they could eat different things. Some could dance, some could eat different things, some could go different places, some had different rituals. But at the end of the day, if they didn't tell us we were all just people and we all believed in God. But we never talked about what God wanted different from us yet. We were too young to have downloaded that. But it was it had to be downloaded, so that tells me that it's not something we know. But I did know when I was younger, that there was a bigger being. I knew it. Anyone ever told me before I ever heard of a church, I remember the moment. I felt it. And I used to talk to him then. I remember being in a field telling God I wanted a bike and then saying, but you know what, God, if I want something, then everybody wants something. I did know to call him God, so I must have heard something somewhere. 
but I don't know where. I was just too young. But I did ask that if I wanted something, I knew that everybody else had that feeling. And then Francis writes, there can't be, by definition, more than one supreme being. That's exactly what I have learned. Um, it, it's not like it referred me to this God or that God. And Christ refers to God as God Almighty. Over and over again, God Almighty. Glory be to God Almighty. He used to say that and still says that. It's still at the end of every writing I've ever written. Glory be to God Almighty. So I I don't know how more to answer that question other than that's all I know and that's all I've seen and that's all I've heard. You guys have a great and safe weekend, especially if you live in the U.S., Have a great and safe weekend. Stay safe. I will see you guys on Monday. Have a great day. I love you guys. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the I Dig Your Soul podcast. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.